Well, good morning, and welcome to Bankery Christian Fellowship Church. Um, it's an unknown fact that the seats in this middle section are the most comfortable of all, <laughs> and yet the least used. Um, so next week, try, try, give them a try. I promise you won't be disappointed. Thanks so much for coming to join with us today. We're here to worship God. My name is Duncan. I'm, I'm pastor of the church here. And uh, it's our delight to gather together on the Lord's Day to come and to hear from Him and to respond to Him in praise. Our reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who comes from God, for no one could perform the miracle, the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Amen. Thank you. Well, those verses tell us about Jesus meeting uh, with an important religious man whose name was Nicodemus. 
Jesus says, when he's speaking to him, he calls him a teacher in Israel. This was part of his job. And we're told that it was Nicodemus who came to Jesus and came to him at night. And most people think it's because he didn't want others to see him meeting with Jesus. And I'm sure Nicodemus came with questions that he wanted answered, but Jesus almost immediately takes charge of the conversation because he wants to challenge Nicodemus about how he thinks about God, about himself, and about what God requires of us. So, to help us um, think about what Jesus has to teach Nicodemus, I need your help. We're going to think about some groups. Um, I think they're all local groups. And I want you to tell me what you have to be to be part of the group. So, Carl's going to give us the first one. They start off easy, and then they get harder. All right. Hill of Bankery Primary School. This is open to anybody under… Uh, oh, I'm almost giving it away here. Uh, what do you have to be to be part of this group? What do you think? Yes. You have to be a child. Would we be any more specific than that? Yes? Under 12? Yep. Anything else? In the right class? Yep. Anything else? Is that it? Is it just an age thing? Yes. You have to live in Bankery, and it's even more specific than that. In fact, not even being in Hill of Bankery is enough sometimes to get into that primary school. So, you've got to be a child, and you've got to live locally, you've got to be the right age. Okay, those are the things you have to be to join this club. Okay, let's look at the next one. Bankery Girls Football Club. Well, we could be straying into dangerous territory here, couldn't we? Uh, what do you have to be to join this club? Malachi. You have to be a girl. That's right. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You have to be a girl to join Bankery Girls Football Club. Anything else? Yes. You have to be good. Have you seen these girls play? <laughs> I'm sure they're all very good. I'm sure they're all very good. Yep. Yes, I guess you probably have to be in the area, right? It's no good living in uh, Glasgow and trying to play for Bankery Girls Football Club. So you have to be local, you have to be a girl, and I suppose you have to, yeah, you have to like football. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Okay, this is going well. Let's see what we've got next, Carl. Little Blessings Baby and Toddler Group meets here on Thursdays at half past ten. What do you have to be to be part of this group? Any, any, any new answerers? Yes. A baby? Yes. Not new, I mean, not just a baby, but babies are included. Yes. You have to be young. Um, if you're a baby, you have to be young. Yes? You have to be a parent? Yeah, yeah. Malachi? You have to what?
believe in God? Well, you know what? You don't have to believe in God to come to Little Blessings, um, but you do need to have… So, how many people come to Little Blessings at a time? Like, I mean, do any babies just turn up at the door? <laughs> what do you think? The toddlers just turn up at the door, knocking to get in? Here's my two pounds. What do you think? You have to be supervised. So, you need to have an adult who has a baby or a toddler, and so they have to be preschool. So, you can't just… So, if you don't fit into those categories, you can't just turn up on Thursday mornings for a cup of tea. You won't get in. All right, we've got one more. All right, this is from the Cowshed, I think, their senior lunch special. Uh, two courses for fourteen fifty. Looks tremendous. Uh, what do you have to be to be part of this club? Yes. An old person. <laughs> now, nowhere on the menu does it say what a senior is, and I would suggest who you could ask, but I'd probably get into, into trouble. You have to be an old person. Anything else you would say? Hungry, yeah. <laughs> and reasonably well off. I mean, it's not that great a deal, 1450. Yeah, so to be in this club, you've got to be a senior, whatever that is. I think it's over 65, but I'm not sure. Um, all right. Jesus, when he speaks to Nicodemus, he takes the chance to tell Nicodemus that he's misunderstood what you need to be to get into God's kingdom. That's where Jesus starts with Nicodemus. Because you see, men like Nicodemus, they would teach that the way to get into God's kingdom, to be part of that, was to be a rule keeper. Someone who obeyed all of the religious rules, someone who washed their hands at the right time, who stayed away from unclean things, who ate the clean foods, who attended the temple every week, this kind of thing. But when Jesus talks about what someone must be to be part of God's kingdom, He doesn't mention any of that stuff. Did anyone notice what Jesus said you had to be to see God's kingdom? Yes, born again. That's what He said. He said, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is confused. Because he knows, like we all do, that you only get born once. And so he asks, well, are you saying that you need to go back into your mummy's tummy and be born again? What are you talking about? And so Jesus explains that he's not talking about being physically born again, but spiritually born. In verse 5, Jesus says, truly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And again, in verse 8, he says, you need to be born of the Spirit. He says that the only people who will be part of God's kingdom are those who have been given spiritual life. For them to be born of the water and Spirit speaks of them being cleansed from sins and being given new life. The Old Testament speaks of the promise of being given a new heart 
because God's Spirit has been placed within. And if this is the thing that is needed, then Jesus is telling us this because naturally speaking, we don't have it. Lots of people think they know what our greatest need is, a good school, good friends, a loving home. And these are all good things, things we should expect, but they're not our greatest need. No, Jesus says the greatest need that you have is to have spiritual life, the need to be born again. Until that happens, even though our bodies might be living and working well, there's a sense in which we're dead. Elsewhere in the Bible, it's described as being dead in sins. And so, our greatest need is life. And that is what Jesus has come to bring, so that we can come and be part of His kingdom, part of His family. So, we're going to think a little bit about how He does that for us. So, there's another point about this new birth that Jesus speaks about that we must not miss. Now, um, because it's the first Sunday of the month, we like to take a note of some birthdays. So, there are some of you who are blessed to have your birthdays in October. Um, James and Daniel and Rudy, Catherine and Christian all have birthdays in October. Anyone here with a birthday in October? This young man over here. Anyone else? Wow, slim pickings in October, folks, isn't it? Um, Okay, let me just take one moment then. When is your birthday in October, sir? Thursday? That's the 5th, the 5th of October. Um, Can I ask you, why did you choose the 5th of October? (laughs) Seemed like a good thing at the time. Um, Who's got a birthday in another month they could tell us about? Yeah, when is your birthday? December 19th. Why did you choose that date? That's why you chose it. Hmm. Uh, Malachi, when's your birthday? 18th February, that's great. Why did you choose that date? Huh. Okay, let me ask another question. Where, where, where were you born? Anyone born somewhere interesting? Where were you born? Nairobi. Nairobi. I, thought, I thought Norwich was a way to come out of your mouth there, and I was, <laughs> was going to rebuke you terribly. Nairobi. Uh, Robin, why did you choose Nairobi? Keith, where were you born? Zambia. Zambia. Why did you choose to be born there? (laughs) I love that nobody's admitting the obvious fact here that (laughs) you didn't choose. Yes. Where? Why why did you choose to be born there? (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) You see, despite how we might speak, Nobody chose when they were born, and nobody chose where they were born. Nobody chose the parents that you had. Nobody chose the house that you went back to after you were born. You weren't in control of any of these things. And in fact, you can't even remember them. You can't even remember it. But one thing's for sure, it definitely happened. The fact that you're here is proof enough. 
When it came to our birth, it wasn't something we could do for ourselves. These were things that had to be done for us. None of us can take credit for our own birth. And in choosing to explain what happens, when Jesus chooses to explain what happens when someone believes in Him and explains it as being like a new birth, then it's saying a lot. I mean, one thing you could say is that it means that trusting in Jesus is not like just adding something on to what we already have. It's not like saying, well, hey, your life is pretty good, and you just need to add this thing on. It's not like saying that. It's new birth. Something new needs to come to life. There's a lot of people who, who, who think about Jesus as kind of this add-on thing that you can do, but that's not how Jesus pictures it here. No, what's needed is something totally new, a new birth. And, uh, but there's this thing that we've thought about. We need someone to give us life. We need someone to give us this new birth, someone to birth us, to deliver us. And this is what Jesus is telling Nicodemus in John 3. He has come to give new birth. And only Jesus can do that. Look at some of the ways Jesus says this. This is verse 14. Verse 14, he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And he goes on, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. There's a story in the Old Testament of something that happened to God's ancient people Israel. After they'd been rescued from slavery in Egypt, God led them through the desert, and He's taking them to the land that He'd promised. And almost the whole way, they moan and they grumble. And they say, oh, well, there's no water here. Why have you taken us here? There's no water. There's no food here. We need food and there's no food. And then even when God does provide them with food, they say, oh, this food is boring. Probably sounds like a lot of our dinner tables, actually. But um, this is what their people were like. And God sent amongst them these fiery serpents. And every time they bit someone, it was deadly. And it was there to teach them that they have to depend upon God for everything. And so when they cried out for help, God said to Moses, here's what to do. Make one of these, uh, make a picture of this serpent, make it out of bronze, hold it up on a pole, and anytime someone's bitten by the serpent that would kill them, they just need to look to this serpent on the pole and they'll be saved. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, just like that, just like Moses held up the serpent on the pole, so the Son of Man will be lifted up. That's his way of speaking about himself, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus says where he's going, he's going to be lifted up on the cross to suffer and to die in the way that sinners deserve. And he does that so that whoever will look to him believing, trusting, they will have eternal life. 
they will receive the new birth. Jesus has to do this for us. Whether you are born again or not centers all on Jesus. Jesus tells us that He's not been sent into the world with a message of condemnation. He's not here to to simply tell people that they are ruined, but He's come to rescue. He's come to bring life, not death. And it's simply these verses stand before us and they say, well, where do you stand with Jesus? Because this is what determines whether you have life or not, is you believe in Him and you've been born again, given new life, or you don't believe in Him and you don't have it. You believe in Him and you'll see God's kingdom, or you don't, and you'll see God's condemnation. And if you're a Christian here today, Jesus is telling you that you have received the most wonderful gift possible. You're not just someone who's got this added on bit to your life. Now you've got a new habit for a Sunday. It's much, much more than that. He says you've been born again by the Spirit of God. And of course, there is something mysterious about that, the way Jesus speaks about it. He, he, he says that. But we mustn't allow that to distract us from what Jesus is telling us is true. The Holy Spirit of God lives within you if you're a Christian. And it's impossible for that to happen to someone and for this new life not to be seen. It's seen in our desires becoming more and more matched with Jesus' desires. Our character becoming more and more like Jesus' character. Our life lived in the power of the Holy Spirit, lived in gratitude to Jesus Christ who saved us. And so as Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, those words echo in this room today. And he says, truly I tell you, unless one is born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. But Jesus not only declares that, but he comes saying, look to me. And you can be born again. You will be born again. Look to me believing, and you will see the kingdom of God. You will have forgiveness of sins. You will have eternal life. Let me pray just for a moment. Father, we want to thank you for these words of Jesus. We thank you for just how clearly he speaks to us. And we thank you for this wonderful message of love, love that you have towards us. Even though we've rebelled against you and done things that displease you, we thank you that you've loved us so much that you sent your one and only Son so that whosoever believes in him, they might not perish but have everlasting life. And I pray, Father, that everyone in this room, whatever age they may be, Lord, that they would know this wonderful thing of being born again, of having new life in Jesus. Amen. In the last book of the Bible, John looks into heaven and he sees a great crowd from every nation um, and they're singing to God and they're singing to Jesus the Lamb and they sing because they realize that the new birth, the eternal life that they've received was a gift that Jesus bought for them and they owe it all to him. Here's the words that they sing. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then all the angels join in. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.